We're good to go whenever. We're good to go right now. Let's introduce that water. Everything's going well. Got my water? Me too. Cheers. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Draftsman Podcast, where we discuss all things art and drawing and creativity related. I am Marshall Vandruff. I teach creative people. I'm Stan Prokopenko. I am an artist as well and creator of Proko, where we teach people. Indeed. I, I hope people like that as much as we do. Yeah. Maybe we just like hearing our own voices. Yeah, if they don't like it as much as we do, at least we like it. They'll come up to that level. Yeah, it'll become something they like. We'll force them to like it. Marshall, what have you been up to? I've been teaching a lot. We're coming toward the end of the semester. I've been watching movies with students. Mm-hmm. I've been doing my best to hold them accountable to high standards. Good. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it makes me long to teach just for Proco so that I don't have to hold people up to high standards. I've been telling all your students to be bad students so that you would just... I can kind of tell which ones of my students are the good students. I'm sure you can. It's it's the ones that watch online stuff. (laughs) The ones that watch my videos? Proco, yes, that they get (laughs) no credit for. Thank you, Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know how to... The ones that Please. don't know anything <laughs> about <man>. what's going. <laughs> I only that was give not what I intended to say. I only give compliments that are true. Thank you. You want me to elaborate or no? No, no you go. I think we're good with that. Well, I. This isn't what I've been up to, but guess where I'm going this weekend? Where are you going this weekend? I'm going Stan? to New York. New the Big Apple or whatever yeah. they call it. The, yeah, they call it New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do go, there? Uh, for the Shorty Awards. What are the Shorty Awards? Do you really not know? or do, uh, No, I don't know what the Shorty Awards This is real, okay. Yeah. Uh, the Shorty Awards are awards for social media. I'm nominated in the education category. Is that right? For social media. Who you Joe Biden is also nominated, but not for social media, or not for, uh, not for education. Okay, yeah. I don't know what his category is. Okay. You know, Sean? No. Presidential. Presidential nominee? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's something else. So, Marshall, we're talking about focus and discipline this week. How shall we talk about focus and discipline? Okay, so this topic came up when somebody on Instagram messaged me, and they were asking for feedback, and I kind of just started questioning him a little more, trying to figure out his story, and basically what after asking or uh, questioning him for a little bit is I found out that he is delusional in how much time he thinks he has. Um, so I, I asked him like, how much TV do you watch and how many video games do you watch? Cause I, I felt like this guy was very distracted. Um, and he was like, Oh, uh, pretty much like from when I wake up to when I go to sleep. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, this is obviously a problem. How do you not see this? Um, and, and then he started trying to justify it by saying, oh, but TV gives me, uh, inspira- it inspires me. And these video games inspire me. And I was like, 
no, man, if they inspired you, you, it would inspire you to stop watching TV and go do something with that inspiration. If it inspires you to just watch more TV, that's not inspiring. That's just addiction, right? Yes. <laughs> so I told him, like, you got to get discipline. Watching TV is not helping you become a better artist as much as you think it is. Um, you need to start making difficult decisions. Watching TV is an easy decision, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a choice. You're like, what, what am I going to do? in the next two hours that I have after dinner, right? Oh, TV's easy, no risk, very risk-free. That's right. You are almost guaranteed to be entertained. Yep. You're not going to fail at anything unless yep. you suck at watching TV. <laughs> but drawing is very challenging, very taxing on your brain. It takes a lot of energy. And you risk failing, especially if you're new. You risk drawing something bad which makes you feel bad. And then you have to deal with those emotions of a bad drawing. And that sucks, right? That, to make that decision to have a bad feeling in a, after a few hours and you know you're like, you're, I'm, I'm not going to do something good, but I need to practice anyway. That takes discipline. Yes. Right? You have to know that this is just something I have to do to get better at this thing that I love. Um, and that's, so that's where this came from. And I wanted to just talk to people about how important it is to be a disciplined artist. If you really want to become a professional, you're touching on something that a psychologist who had a very popular book in the late eighties or early nineties, M Scott Peck, uh, it was called the road less traveled. Mm -hmm. Everybody was reading it. And in there, one of the things he claimed is that the basic sin of humanity is laziness. And what he means is that it is exactly what you said. There's no risk in doing certain things. Or doing nothing almost, right? Yeah, no although the irony is that in the long term, long you, term you gambled away everything. Yeah. But if you're going to take a chance and do something that could fail, there is risk. But the positive side of it is that the greatest feelings in life come from that. In fact, I think there's an analogy to what uh, the thing about gambling. There are some people who get addicted to gambling that don't need the money. Mm -hmm. what they, the, and I've been told that the specific thing you can put your finger on that is the gambler's addiction is the rush of endorphins that happen the moment before they find out whether they're going to win or lose. So that feeling of will I make it or not, when it's applied to gambling, can end up ruining your life. But that feeling, when it's applied to whether I can pull off this evening's work of drawing or painting or uh, coming up with something creative, mm -hmm. will still give you all those disappointments. There, the risk is real, but then when you have the good ones, you get the endorphins and you get the progress as well. So it's taking that same phenomenon of, can I pull it off? Can I not pull it off? Let's see. But it's the opposite of laziness. It's putting oneself on the line for real risk. Yeah. Is that similar to what you're talking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No risk no. with, with, what, what, is, what about how do video, video games fit into this? I mean, video, video well, games. Well, video games is, is something that a lot of p kids nowadays, sometimes they don't watch any TV. They just play video games. Yeah. Which means that they are putting themselves at risk. I can lose this game. Your, your self worth is likely not wrapped up in video games. Sometimes it is. But yeah, that's a different that's story. Right. And this is about focus and discipline. Is yeah. That right? Well, another th side that I wanted to talk about was the, you know, the focus side of it is creating an environment for yourself where you can truly focus 
because I think a focused mind is exponentially more productive than a slightly distracted mind. Um, and creating an environment where you're not distracted is so crucial to learning and to doing good work. Yeah. But before we get to environment, yeah. I want to say something about the person who watches TV a lot and says it inspires them and they put a half an hour of practice. Half an hour of practice a day, if you put it in regularly, can really accumulate into something. I mean, if that's all you can put in. But here's something that I see about this, is that when you look to the mainstream culture for what is normal, you are almost guaranteed to be caught up in the mainstream. And the last thing that the mainstream cares about is that you will become a master at anything. What they do care about is are you in touch with all of the stuff we're doing? And it means that in order to succeed at such an odd craft as drawing, painting, storytelling, or anything else, you either have to pull yourself out of the mainstream to do your own thing, or, or better yet, get into an alternate stream where it's not dominated by saying, did you see this? Did you do that? Are you in touch with this part of culture? It's a, the alternate streams, in my experience, have been people who know who Howard Pyle and C.Y. are, who know who Heinrich Klei are, who know who Mucha and Leyendecker are, yeah. who know about Da Vinci and Michelangelo and how each of their styles were. It's very nerdy. But it's nerdy in a way that contributes to their skill if they're going to be picture makers. Yeah, I agree. But I think that you can have two sides to your life. One that's a very focused, um, maybe half your day or your weekdays where you're really focused on that kind of stuff. And then you can have your weekends where you ingest, digest all of this pop culture media stuff. Go watch a movie. Go uh, go watch Avengers. Go watch the game, the new Game of Thrones episode. All the popular stuff. Like that's why that's that's how I do it. I break I up my week where my weekdays are work related, and then at night it's family. We don't watch like we don't go for movies. And then the weekend we yeah we watch all that other stuff and yeah. You're one of the most yeah. culturally in touch successful artists uh, that I know. Uh, no. Who 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 are you thinking of? I mean, Sean is more culturally in touch than me. Yeah, I think. Sean is culturally in touch. Back to um, the thing uh, that back to the thing that inspires you. When he says it inspires you, how do you test whether it inspires you? It's whether or not you've produced. Did it inspire you enough? Inspire means to breathe in, right? And then you got to breathe out, which means you're putting out your own product. I take in this stuff that inspires me. Now I'm oh, going to put out some that's stuff. That's a that wow. Yeah, isn't that something? That's inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> you got to perspire. Perspire. You're making me perspire, <laughs> Marshall. This is getting hot. Yeah. <laughs> focus and discipline. Yeah, let's focus. Um, well, thank you for saying that. I, I don't, but I don't think I'm very culturally in tune, actually. But Well, uh, I've seen it as a major thing that keeps people from achieving is that they look to say, what's normal? What does the culture say is normal? And if you do what the culture says is normal, how will you ever be countercultural enough to succeed in something so odd as professional hmm. art? Entertainment yeah. arts, you do have to be in touch with the thing you're doing. I mean, there yeah. is, there's, if you're designing video games, you're gonna be immersed in video games. Right. If you're, if you're an animator, you're gonna be immersed in animation. It's true. But, but the there's test a healthy is balance to that. I know. Just if you make movies, that doesn't mean you have to watch every movie that comes out. That's impossible. You can be picky. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I haven't been to most of the museums in the world. Mm-hmm. I've been to a handful. Mm-hmm. And I consider myself a professional painter. Yeah. You, you could, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to digest everything. Don't use that as an excuse. You could limit to how much you need. You don't need to uh, see everything in order to create. Spend most of your time creating new things and then a small percentage of your time keeping tr- um, up to date about the best of today in your field. And you'll have time to create still. Nicolaides yeah. quotes Da Vinci at the beginning of, of that book, Natural Way to Draw, that the supreme misfortune is when theory outstrips performance. And this is a little different. This is Wait, the, repeat that. The supreme misfortune Okay. is when theory, that is my knowledge, outstrips performance, that is my skill. Okay. This is a take on that. The, the misfortune mm, here is where okay. cons- consumption yeah. uh, outstrips performance. So what's the point of knowing all that stuff if you're just not using it? Yeah. yeah. That, that, is that the, yeah. the premise? Of that? Okay. Well, my favorite analogy is nutrition and exercise. Because when you, uh, one filmmaker said, uh, in fact, it might have even been John Singleton who said that watching movies was like taking vitamins. It's like his nutrition. But it's not like you just take in nutrition. You go out and you exercise it out by making your own movies. Okay, you, you mentioned creating an environment. Let's, let's, uh, you, did you have something to say about that? I guess everyone has their own environment, but my big thing is to remove distractions so if you have a bunch of tabs open in your browser that have notifications popping up, or if your phone is on and, and you have a lot of pop-ups coming up and all of those distract you, or if you can hear your friends in the other room playing video games, mm-hmm. that's all that, all, every single one of those things is going to tempt you to step away from what you're doing, whether it is to check Instagram or a pop-up for a YouTube video, or to go to the next room and join the video game. You gotta get rid of those temptations and just create a uh, a quiet place that's probably clean, mm-hmm. that ha- your tools are all there, you walk in, you get to work. Um, and I'm striving for that. I don't have that now, but mm-hmm. this place mm-hmm. is the goal. You mean this, this the goal of this place to this make it pla- so that I mean, it's a place of concentration? This, um, I mean, they can't see it really. This new studio. We we just purchased a um, a large studio space, and the point of it will be for me to create and to remove distraction from my workday. This is where Marshall comes in and rescues us with this awesome technology. This is a smartphone. Oh, are you filming this? Yeah, because I just it, want everybody well, to we, see what Marshall. He's this is to. this is the pot we've. This does not show the space. Uh, it I, looks like we're in a closet. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> we built a set inside of it and we've closed off. This is like a third or a quarter of the space. We, we'll we'll show a video. <laughs> okay, I thought I was doing a good thing. No, 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 no. We can show it. Okay, but, I thought you were just getting distracted, Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a phone. This is where I <laughs> give into the temptation. And so that's a goal, is to make it so that this is a place. Yeah, so we just bought this, uh, it it is mine three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We're gonna renovate, um, and it'll it'll be my painting studio, it'll be where I film all my lessons, it'll be my workspace, yeah. 
as the goal. Yeah. So. Well, it seems like there's so much research that has come out in the last 10 years. It's in the newspapers regularly. It's talked about a lot, how we are living in a crazy time that we have no idea what kind of effect this kind of distraction and being connected always with messaging and email is doing to our minds. Actually, we do have some idea, apparently, and it's mostly negative is that it's we're our, our minds are faster than ever in some ways, but they're also distracted. So it seems like the balance is to go back to old things, yoga classes and mindfulness mm. uh, uh, classes Slow and meditation down. classes are becoming all the rage because they oh, are- Oh yeah, meditation. They, they, are, they are doing the opposite of what's, you know, in a mindfulness class, a meditation class at that yoga studio that I showed mm. you that we walked through years ago, they had a mindful eating evening in which our oh, that sounds amazing. Our guide had us spend 20 minutes to eat a grape, a raisin, what? a cracker, a peanut or some nut, Wait, and a mint. one of those things or all of those in 20 minutes? It was in 20 minutes to do those. Uh, all I, of those. Two. I think it was all of those things. Okay. So that was what, about four minutes or five minutes? Some of them longer than others. That's but the, the idea was to completely focus Do on what you're doing. Nibble? Yeah, and also think about it. Look at it, examine it, notice okay, the so texture. You don't have to have all of those in your mouth for 20 minutes. No, no, can, no, no, no. Chew and think. You have to just keep it in your mouth. <laughs> Wish it, smush it around. I remember when we were done with it, I felt like this is the way you should eat all the time. Yeah. Is to pay total concentration, uh, total attention to what you're eating. It makes you eat slower. It makes you appreciate it. That was one of the most That's valuable cool. things of, uh, about it is that. That's kind of how I feel when I go wine tasting um, or just to like a wine bar where you can order various cheeses and like, mm -hmm. and you get you know, your grapes and your fruits and stuff. And if you have like a flight of wines, you can combine every wine with every type of little food that's on your uh, platter. Yeah. And the combinations make sometimes make this like really amazing effect. It's it's like a flavor you've never had before. And it's something you don't expect by combining these two things together. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, there's, that's one of the things about this is that everybody thinks that, oh, that's hard to do. I'm not sure I'd enjoy it. It is a source of pleasure yeah. to sit down and concentrate on one thing at a time, give it full attention. There was some guy who was doing things in, I think, Laguna Beach of uh, an hour a painting. I can't remember the exact title of it. But the idea is to spend one hour with one work of art, examining it for an hour, discussing it for an hour. That's a great thing to do. Yeah, I've done that for 10, 20 minutes at a time. A lot of students will tune out. But if you get if you do it alone because you're interested, or you do it with a person or two or three who really is interested, I think it was Nicolaides, whoever it was, eat a painting a day, eat a picture a day, and produce a picture a day. Mm -hmm. In composition classes, I've learned that's the best thing to do: take one picture a day and study it to where you know the structure of it, the value structure of Can it. Can they and somehow then, apply this to creating art? Clarify. I'm not sure I understand. You're using mindfulness in creation rather than just studying someone else's painting. Yeah. I don't see much way to do it any differently and do it well. Even even listening to music. I've always listened to music when I drew. Yeah, and but you're not being mindful of the music. That's kind of background, yeah. isn't it? I am making it a point now for my few minutes a day that I sit down to exercise, draw, to have no music on. Part of this was in response uh, to what Robert Crumb talked about because Robert Crumb is a great music fan. 
And I don't know if you know his work. He was one of the underground artists uh, of the 60s and 70s. But he did the entire book of Genesis as an illustration job. They spent many years on. And they're, they're, they're very crumb. But they're also an amazing piece of work. Mm -hmm. And he said, when, in an interview after he did that, he said he never listens to music while he draws. I couldn't imagine that you're putting thousands of hours into this and you didn't listen to music. But he said that he is in a zone of such concentration that he doesn't want that. Yeah. So I know that it's different with everybody, but I, I will say this. Uh, Robert, Richard Williams, in his animation survival kit, animated, which I've watched over and over with students, the first lesson that he talks about is to unplug. Turn off music, turn off all distractions if you're going to be an animator who's going to animate at your top game. And he makes a pitch for it. I show this to students we have a discussion after it. Always, somebody brings up, listening to music while I'm working does not slow me down. Or at least that's what they think. Mm. How it can does? you know until you've actually unplugged? Interesting. How can you know until you've tried it? And so my response is, I'm not against multitasking. I'm not against listening to things while you work. Depends on the kind of work you do. And you don't want to do it when you're writing. Yeah. But how can you know until you've done it? And with a lot of students, it's like the one you mentioned. I think that it's just justification. Yeah. I enjoy listening to music while I work, and I do. You know what I think we'll, they should all try and experiment with? Yeah. See if you're more productive while listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd find a way to bring it back around to us. Yeah. I think that hearing our voice will have some kind of like, effect on their productivity yeah. cells in their brain. Sure, you've got a multi-generational thing spill out. But I want to bring yeah. it back to how do you stay focused? Like, Is there a way that you like to organize your environment? Can I take two minutes? Yeah, or, or one. When I was in junior high and high school, I sucked at homework. I was terrible. I was not a good student. I couldn't concentrate. And yet, I knew everything about the Marx Brothers films. I knew all sorts of entertainment history because I was interested in it. When I got into college, my whole energy shifted. This is a subject I'm interested in. I found myself able to concentrate because I just cared about the subject. Okay. And so... Is that related to the environment you were in? It wasn't, wasn't the environment yet. Okay. But it was just out of just the energy of enthusiasm. I love this subject. Now, I had, I had a studio. I built a studio you know, upstairs. My dad helped me with it. And when I was well into my career in my 30s, I rented an extra apartment. My dad spent a couple weeks with me designing this apartment to enhance my creativity. And I had two years in there, and they were two of the most productive years of my life. Why? What because was about, the what entire about? apartment was only for my creativity. I had whiteboards on the walls. I figured out the desk of this is for this, the desk of this is for this. I'll put this kind of energy over here. It was all around. This environment is designed to bring out your best creativity. That gets me so excited about this studio. Yeah. Well, when it changed, <laughs> when it changed and I moved into another studio and then I started to neglect it, my productivity started going down. I found out the only way I could be productive was with a sketchbook because I can carry my sketchbook anywhere. All my creativity went into that sketchbook. Okay. Now I'm, I'm feeling like people at home might feel like, oh, but I don't have a large space. Yeah. But you can create a productive environment in a small room. I had a small bedroom in my parents' house and I was extremely productive in that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you started Proco in there. I started Proco. I built that in a closet. I remember it. We could talk about that later, but yeah. like, you could be productive as long as you remove distractions. I feel like you, you could. It, it's not about the size of the space. It's about what you do with it. That. <laughs> Sean, Sean, <laughs> get out of that gutter. I'm having a feeling of deja vu. What do you mean? We had this conversation before. That about my large uh, no, no, about yeah, yeah, space. Because I feel like I already, I already said at one point, Da Vinci made a big idea. Da Vinci was big on making a small space because it's. It encapsulates, it's like the gunpowder in a firecracker. It empowers it rather than having it just yeah. dissipate it. I didn't. Okay. There are three new voicemails. Three! Let's hear One of them definitely has dicks involved. <laughs> what it's, the it's, hell? It's a fake, it's a fake, it's a real one, but I'm pretty sure it's a prank call. Okay. Wait, we have a prank call? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> You can read the text. I can okay, let's text. start. Let's start with this prank call. Okay, are you ready to hear it? I don't know whether I am or not, but go ahead. Okay, based on the text, I'm assuming this. Oh, is... you haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. No. Oh God. Okay. Hello, this feather. I want to have draftsman. How you draw thick? Oh God. I need to know this... for my art students how you draw thick. Uh, veiny, veiny. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it's it's such a Baron Cohen. I know who this is. All right, is this a relative of yours? This is my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> this is what a jerk. Ah, <laughs> uh, everybody, go to Tommy Rush's Instagram and just spam the hell out of him. <laughs> cousin Tom, yes. you brought it on Tom yourself. Rush. Um, okay, let's hear a real one. All right, this one um, is from someone who I think you've Instagrammed with. The 11-year-old kid? I don't know. <laughs> I did not know I Instagrammed oh, I 11 year old he's, he's emailed us before. So okay. You can hear that. I don't know the age of the people I'm talking to. It's it's just like a... I've noticed that when he, whenever he messages, he says, I'm 11. So. Okay. Well, I don't remember that, but go ahead. Hi, so I'm Robert, and I'm 11, and I am a big fan of your videos. I've watched almost all of them. I especially loved your caricature course with Court Jones. And I just wonder, so I'm starting a website and Instagram, and I just wonder how to get myself out there and really advertise myself to others. Um, uh, but I'm a big fan. I'm only 10. I'm not that good. 10? Actually, I'm 11. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm We'll probably make quite a few mistakes on this message. Didn't script it. You're but doing great. I'm running a Instagram website named RobertMortonArt.com. <coughs> Sorry. Actually, I'm following you on Instagram, but uh, I saw your story saying that call the number and leave a message, and I thought that it's uh, it would be something I could do and just ask you some tips on getting myself out there so thank you um i can't wait to watch the podcast bye yeah well, robert yeah. you did great don't worry about stumbling the fact that you had the courage to call it is it's great i loved hearing Robert's i wouldn't voice. have called at 11 at 11 
I don't think that you should be focused on getting yourself out there necessarily. I think your focus should be on figuring out what you want to do and just have fun with it. Explore options. As far as you could be on Instagram. Well, actually, technically, no, that's illegal. <laughs> oh, really? But I didn't know that. Yeah. So wait a few years. I think, what is it, 13? 13. 13. So technically, you're not allowed to. So my advice to you is wait till you're 13. Don't admit but it really, publicly. Um, yeah, just think, man, at your age, like focus on your skills, focus on improving yourself, and then it'll be much easier to market yourself when it's very good. It's hard to be really good at 11. I mean, you might be a genius. I don't know, but it's just really hard. I'm making assumptions. What was your answer? Well, yeah, yeah, I've known of a few child prodigies in art yeah. and and watched them and watched them get better. Mm -hmm. So although sometimes people, when they're really good when they're young, don't necessarily get better. That's one of the things I want to address to Robert. I have the same answer, which is similar to someone who wrote a letter to Arthur Rackham asking about how he could have a career. And Arthur Rackham let him know that that was the wrong question to start with. The first thing to do is to get your skills. However... Since I had the same answer as you, I, yeah, want to give, I, and, I knew you'd have the same answer. And I want to give an alternative. If you're 11 and you do pretty good work, part of what you can capitalize on is your 11 year oldness. It tells the yeah. world, is this pretty good for 11? But that can't last yeah. forever. Yeah. And you also run the risk that if you really are that good and you become known for being the 11 year old wonder, then where have you got to go but down unless you are able to every year or five top it? If you get branded as the 11-year-old wonder, you yeah. are setting yourself up to be branded over the 11-year-old wonder who by the time he was 20, look at how his stuff didn't grow. So I yeah. don't think it's the wisest strategy. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say you're 11 every time you send someone a message. Unless, unless that opens a door because people right. will give you license and they'll also be charmed by the fact that you are an audacious 11 year old yeah. who is willing to proclaim that and there is something that that invites uh, a kind of mentoring energy out of older people but yeah. uh yeah if if you can put your stuff up and do this for fun i think that i was just reading this week uh, in fact it was it was yesterday that extending childhood it was how to be a great sport parent in that course on the psychology of performance where dr dr eddie o'connor talks about extending deliberate play extending childhood and giving a young person more options to fail before specializing yeah. has its advantage yep. and there is there's something really nice about having a longer when i was a kid experiment. i had so many hobbies that i was into and I was really focused on all of them. Mm -hmm. I went through phases where I was like really into programming, really into drawing and painting, starting just random businesses, um, filmmaking, like making a, with my cousin, we would make like videos and pretend we were famous people or something, mm -hmm. you know, so filmmaking. We had a lot of these things and we would spend a lot of time doing them. And I think all of those things, you know, came together and helped me become who I am. Um, but it's those experiences in your childhood that uh, are, are so important to, to you when you're older. And, and you can't do those things when you're older, not as much. 
You don't have time to experiment and just do these random things. Like, I wish I could do all these random things, but now it just causes stress when you have too many things to do. As a kid, it's fun. Yeah. So enjoy this time and have fun by experimenting with random things that you're interested in. Yeah, and all of that with the caveat that some people succeed young. Uh, Ron Howard comes to mind, the filmmaker, that he was little Opie in a TV show in the early 60s, Andy Griffith show, and he's had a long career and seems like he's done very well at thriving at every stage. But for every story about Ron Howard, there are all sorts of other stories about young people that when the, in, in the final chapter in Psychology of Performance on aging athletes, he points out that people who succeed when they are young get used to that. And then when things change, mm -hmm. they find, they feel as if their career has abandoned them. They feel they resent it. So I, I came away this week from those lessons thinking the more you can delay your success, even though yeah. that seems crazy, I don't want to delay my success. The more you can delay it, the better. One other uh, note, uh, a friend of mine who, a student of mine, who works at a major animation studio told me this week, because he's been talking with me about his personal property, his intellectual property, said, how is it going with that? He said, he's wondering about whether he wants to carry through with this because he's watched so many people get their shows sold. Mm. So it's the real thing. And as soon as that happens, everything in life changes. Like when you have a child is that now that becomes the only priority. All other social contact has to be done and the pressure is on that if mm -hmm. this thing fails, I'm gonna be known for this failure. So it's as somebody called it, the tiger that you dare not dismount. You're riding this tiger and it's exciting, but you might get tired, but you don't dare get off or it will eat you alive. You know, one reason that I think uh, delaying success is, uh, is beneficial is that you get into the habit of just grinding and hustling. If you are successful very early, you get into the habit of being successful and not having to work as hard maybe to, to get what you want. Mm -hmm. um, I was hustling and just like trying, failing and, and I had all this pressure to like, to finally get something going that would work throughout my the entire 20s. Um, and I feel like if I, the first thing I did would have, would have succeeded, I wouldn't have been in this routine of hard work. And I think that um, when I was at Watts, this was true, where the people that got good really quickly got lazy at learning. Mm -hmm. That is a phenomenon. And the people that really had to work hard to get their skills up got into the habit of working hard. Having a disadvantage, having some handicap on you from the early stages means that you have to be, you have to work harder just to get normal. Yeah. And then you're in the habit of working harder. And then you just continue working hard for right. the rest of your career. Right. Yeah. Now, all of this is a sermon to you to enjoy your childhood. <laughs> but if you are yeah. enjoying posting stuff and getting a following, yeah, sure. great. It's a that great hobby. Exciting. Social media yeah. could just be another one of your hobbies. And, and it yeah, could open the door to where it becomes your career. And then you've bypassed a lot of the frustration that many people have whereas I've got my training now what do I do to market myself 
you get both of these things going at the same time and you may be winding up with the balance between gaining your skills and marketing yourself all through your adolescence. So be cool. great if your, your success happens in your 20s yeah. and you are in shape for knowing a number of balances. But one yeah. of the balances is between getting your skills up and keeping yourself evolving as an artist and having a public that knows and cares enough to support you. Yeah, and if you fail, don't worry. You're only loving. Like, don't yeah. don't let it bring you down. You still, yeah. But anyway, Marshall, what's your thing? Let me tell you what my thing is. It's <laughs> I'm excited. You're anti- going right into this one. It's the anti-digital thing. Anti-digital thing. It's the it is the steel pins, oh. not of yesteryear, yeah. because the famous steel pins of of Hunt's famous Croquill 102 pin and all those others that I used to yeah. play with. Is that what you do those horses with? Well, yeah, that was done with a manga G nib. Yeah. And I'm doing, I'm, I'm working with it pretty regularly. But what's the real size of that drum? We blew it up and printed it oh, out. Oh, it's, it's about that big. It's like a postage stamp, right? Okay. No, no, yeah. And we I, blew it up. So that's not the actual size of the I've, lines. I've done some even in the last couple of weeks that I'm pretty really? happy with. Send yeah. them to me. We can show I love, them Those are you. my favorite things that you do is those horses okay. with the steel. Well, that's pens. the main thing I'm doing these days. And here's, awesome. the, here's what I love about it. Yeah. It's not that I'm any better of a drawer. I'm trying to be a better drawer. It's that I love the scratch of the steel on the fiber of the paper enough to where just for an aesthetic sensory yeah. experience. It hides like the it. shakiness of your age. And that <laughs> too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. That's my thing right now That's is that I am in love with the manga genia, but everybody knows that. I talk about it everywhere I go. Okay, cool. My thing, it's totally random. It's this, uh, oh, people listening can't, oh, 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 hey, I got another one of those. What is this? Plug for the Wait, 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 wait. don't say it. Can you guess what it is? I think a person might be able to guess that one. Okay, so it is a keyboard for one hand. It has like, let's see, five, it's got 20 keys on it. And each key is programmable. Um, and it's like, a, it's almost like a mouse. You hold it like a mouse, but it's a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And they're like little shortcuts. And I actually have found a lot of use in it this week. Um, I've been going through rating a lot of my drawings to mm-hmm. uh, my old drawings because I'm going to make a student book. A book of my student work um and i programmed each of the keys to be like a control and a number so that i can just apply a rating really quickly and it's got a little joystick where the thumb is and so i could go to the next one and then this this button here goes full screen or out, exit out of full screen so that then i could maybe apply like a tag to it or something but anyway th- this is great jazza introduced me to this you know drawing with jazza on youtube and he actually edits with this he edits his videos with this thing. He he l- programmed all the buttons to, as like shortcut keys and actually even some like macros where it does multiple actions all at once. And so he said it sped up his editing by a lot. But it's got a learning curve to it. Probably, yeah. You have to, yeah. In order to get you know, muscle memory into where the keys are and like, yeah, yeah, of course. How are you with that? Um, I tried editing with it and it, it was, I didn't ca- get past that learning hump. Yeah. Where it, it it slowed me down initially, 
and I couldn't get past it just because of deadlines and stuff. And I was like, oh, I gotta, I just gotta finish this video. But for this one specific thing, it was actually it like it helped my speed immediately because mm-hmm. I only used five of the keys. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is my thing. It oh, it's called the uh, Razor Orb Weaver. Yeah. How much did it cost? I don't remember. Honestly, I got this like several years ago. N- it was like a year and a half ago. I think a year and a half or two years ago. And I started editing with it, and then I put it away, and then I just got it back out of the closet. But it's well, give, give us an estimate of what it I costs. don't know. Fifty like, to hundred bucks. Fifty to hundred bucks. Like Thirty to forty. Thirty to forty. Okay, yeah. I'm the not ma- sure. They have different versions too, so they're all yeah. different prices. The manga G nib is only two dollars per $2. nib. Two dollars. Yeah, my things are more expensive. Sorry, yeah, Marshall. I'm, trying to make this realistic yeah my next thing is going to be a tesla <laughs> i'm like yeah. <laughs> yeah i might up mine to a dvd or something a DVD. so leave a comment if you're watching this on youtube and let us know what has helped you to be focused i think that's a good one give yes. give everybody else some tips on just getting focused and let's help each other out yeah how um, your environment has not worked or is working now yeah. in, in having changed it pros and cons what should we avoid and what should we include in our environment and maybe if you guys have some tips on setting up a, a small environment like if you have a really small room what you know what could you do to uh utilize the space better yeah that sort of thing good thinking yeah. um and thank you guys for listening and watching please give us a high rating on itunes subscribe broker.com slash draftsman Like, comment, subscribe. Yes, indeed. Thank you guys all for your support. Thank you. See you next time.